Are you in the book of Jonah? You found it? Even if you didn't, we're going to start. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because of its wickedness has come up before me. In the Greek, literally what this means is their wickedness, their evil deeds had come up before God and it was staring God in the face. Literally, this is what God is telling Jonah. Their evil, wicked deeds are staring at me in the face. That's how bad these people were. But it says in verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. How many know that's not a good idea? Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up everything. All the sailors were afraid. They cried out to their own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. This is chaos going on because somebody fled from God's plan. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he had laid down and fell into a deep sleep. That man doesn't care what's going on upstairs. He's in a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. And the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots and find out who's responsible for this calamity. They, each, they cast the lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked them, tell us who is responsible for making all of this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? They're like, from where, what, who, what? Why is this your fault? We don't understand what's going on. He answers, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done they knew he was running away from the lord because he had already told them so the sea was getting rougher and rougher so they asked him what should we do to make the sea calm down for us and he said just pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will all be calm i know this because it's my fault this great storm has come upon you instead the men they did their best they didn't want to throw him overboard and so they started trying to row back to the land but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before then they cried out to the lord please lord do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. They're like, Jonah, we're sorry, but you've got to go. <laughs> come back, Jonah, come back. And then it says that this, the men, they, they, all of a sudden the, the, the seas calmed. They took Jonah, threw him over. The raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. Verse 17, we're going to end with this one. It says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah, what an interesting chapter one. This is a short book in the Bible. And I encourage you to go home and read it. Um, it doesn't end there. He doesn't end up in the belly of the fish forever, but that's where we're going to stop today. And out of these few verses, I want to talk about the series that we've been on talking about storms. And out of these few verses, I want you to write down this title, a message I want to share today. I want you to write down to the top, never too late. Come on. Can you tell somebody next to you to your right and to your left? Never too late. Tell them like you believe it. It's never too late. Jonah, the first 17 verses give us a picture of what's happened in this man of God's life. And he decided to run away from God. And here now he finds himself in a difficult situation, one after another. Verse 17 tells us now he is in the belly of a large fish for three days and three nights. 
I think this story is going to help us today. Maybe you are in a storm today. Maybe you've been going through some difficult moments here today. I believe that this book and what we're going to talk about is going to give us a little bit more insight into who God is and what he wants to do in our life through the difficult moments. So we're going to begin in just a moment. If you're here for the first or second time, we're glad that you've joined us. Glad that you're here at Calvary with us this morning. And we're in about our fourth week into the series. We talked about Jesus walking on the water a couple weeks ago. We talked about Jesus falling asleep on the boat a few weeks ago as well. Last week, Chip talked about the storm of death, and uh, it's a real thing that we're all going to face. And this week, we're going to talk about Jonah a little bit. So let us bow our heads, close our eyes, and ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your house. God, we thank you that we can lean in and hear from you on mornings like this, God. We thank you that we can come in here with hands lifted and worship you and honor you and just say thank you for another day of life, God. Thank you that you are always kind and gracious and so awesome with us, God. And this morning, we just want to say thank you. God, we pray you would speak to every heart. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this place. I pray you would speak to every heart. Holy Spirit, we need you. We don't need another church service. We need another God encounter. God, I think we have enough church services. What we need is to see you for who you really are. We want you to speak to us. We want you to heal hearts and save lives. I thank you, God, because your, your word never goes in vain and never comes back void. God, we thank you that you are in this place. We thank you that we get to have church in the best city in the world, Miami, Florida. God, with the best people on the planet here at Calvary. Have your way. And all God's people say, Amen. come on, all God's people say, Amen. 11 a.m., can you give God one more shout of praise? Come on, one more shout of praise. I, I don't know if this happened to anybody. Yesterday, it was 112 degrees in the car. 112 degrees. Me and, me and my wife thought we were going to die. So let's just pray for God to cool down the weather a little bit in our city. I, I, I don't know if you know, but, but growing up as a kid, you don't have a lot of options with parents. I, I don't know if you, maybe we have some young people in here and you're saying amen, but you don't want your mom and dad to hear you saying amen right now. But you don't, you don't have a lot of options growing up, especially growing up in a Hispanic home. Anybody want to talk about, like there is no uh, mom, but can we, no, there, you can't, not, you're doing, you're, you're going to do what I tell you to do and that's it. Uh, mami, pero puedo nada, deja inventar, ya todo está inventado. How many know what I'm talking about? So, so, and growing up, you don't really have a lot of options. And one of the things is you have to eat whatever your mom or dad or whoever you live with, you have to eat whatever they give you. Like, you have money? Are you paying for the food? Are you paying for this house? You're just going to eat whatever I give you. And one of the things that they used to give us when we were small, now, and now as older now, I, I take this regularly, uh, but when you're small, they, they used to force this thing down our throat. Anybody remember cod liver oil? <laughs> the worst thing in the world now now you take it in pill form and it's good for you and you learn all the benefits but back in the day there was this old ugly demonic orange bottle it was called scott's emotion how many remember that <laughs> a lot of us god needs to heal us and deliver us from fears of our childhood and it was like you are drinking this whole thing because it is good for you. You don't have a lot of choices growing up. Like, you just got to take it. It was this picture of an old man carrying an old fish, dead fish, on his back. Anybody remember it? I still get nightmares of that man carrying a fish around my room. And um, you don't have a lot of choices. 
You don't have a lot of choices, but now growing up, you realize they did that for a purpose because it's actually good for our health. You know, uh, like for example, they say eating kale. Who wants to eat kale for fun? Kale is not fun. Kale is disgusting. But, but later on you find out it's fun. I've been going to the gym lately and they make you do things like squats. Like who wants to squat for fun? You don't get up in the morning and say, I want to do 100 squats today and I want to sprint on the treadmill until my heart gives out and I want to die. Nobody does that. Like, nobody gets up in the morning, like, wanting to get tortured, but it's good for the body. You know what I've come to find out, church, is that a lot of things that we don't like are usually good for us. Most of the things that we do not want in our lives, actually, we need in our lives. A lot of things that we are going through, a lot of things that we need to go through are actually things that we have to do because they are good for us in the end. A lot of times what we want is we want to avoid certain things and we don't want to go through certain things and we want to skip over certain processes. But the truth is that we can't and we shouldn't because they are meant to make us stronger and better. Things that are good for me don't necessarily have to feel good to me. Just because you think this is good for you doesn't mean that it's going to feel good for you. A lot of things are going to be painful sometimes and they're going to hurt. Some things in life are going to be tough. Some things in life, we've been talking about storms for the past three or four weeks. We're in week four, actually, of, of this series, Rise Above, talking about storms. And what we've learned is that storms in life are going to happen regardless of where you live, of how much money you have, or what kind of background you can. Storms in life hit us all. Storms in life are going to happen. Some storms come to test our faith. Some storms that we are going to face in life are actually coming to perfect our walk. But some storms come to mold and shape our character. And they come to correct us and they come to put us aligned into God's will and God's plan. And this is the kind of storm that we don't like. And it's not going to be a message where we shout a lot and say a lot of amens and nobody might wave a hanky today. But it's the kind of messages that we need to hear. Because certain storms we can't get out of because actually storms that we need. Some things are going to be painful, but they're actually going to be for a growing process in our life. I got a friend who told me, Ricky, he told me when he was younger, Ricky's crazy. A lot of you know Ricky. Ricky's out of his mind. And uh, Ricky, when he was younger, he said he was riding a motorcycle and he decided to get off the motorcycle while it was going almost 80 miles an hour and skate with his shoes on the street. Exactly. You know what kind of person he is already. And... Uh, while he did that, he fell off the motorcycle and he rolled all over the highway and he got a bunch of uh, road rashes all over. He said his skin was just torn apart. He was rushed to the hospital. He says when he got to the hospital, he said this evil, demonic lady just came out with a large brush. And he said, don't worry, this might hurt a little bit, but it's for some good. And she started just scratching his skin to get all the concrete, all the asphalt out. And he said he was screaming like a little girl. And it made me think, some things may be painful, but a whole lot of good are going to come out of it. Maybe you're in a situation this morning, maybe you're in a circumstance, in a storm this morning that may be painful, and you don't understand what you're going through. But let me tell you, a whole lot of good is going to come out of it. And what you need to do is trust God in the middle of the process, because a little bit of pain might bring a whole lot of healing. Oh, come on. I wish somebody knew that the Bible says he works out all things for the good of those who love him. Oh, come on. If we really believe that, then it don't matter what we're facing. We know that all things work out for the good of those who love him. That means some good is going to come out of that storm. 
I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you this morning, some good is going to come out of your storm. Maybe you're in a marriage problem. Maybe you're going through what looks like a divorce. If you just hold on a little bit, look at God, some good is going to come out of your storm. Maybe your children are away from home. Maybe you say there is no hope. I'm here to tell you some good is going to come out of your storm. Maybe your flesh and your health is failing you and you say, Alex, I'm about to give up. I don't understand. I'm here to tell you some good is coming out of that storm because all things work out for the good of those who love him. Gets real quiet. Nobody wants to go through pain. We want that feel good gospel. Oh, tell me that God's going to bless me. Tell me that I, don't, I, I could avoid the storm. Tell me that I don't have to go through this thing. Tell me that life is going to be awesome every day of my life. I believe it is. I believe the best is yet to come, but I believe some storms are necessary for our lives. Read a report that said that forest fires, natural forest fires, are good for the land and for the trees because they all of a sudden heal the land and they reorganize everything in the forest so that new trees can come and new, new land can begin to develop. All of a sudden, I believe that storms in your life can all of a sudden come to reorganize and redirect your life in a new pattern and a new direction. Storms have a, they have a way of humbling us. Because when everything's going great, we can become really prideful. But storms have a way of humbling us and seeking God for direction. I believe that whatever you may be going through this morning, I don't know what kind of circumstance it may be. If it's in your marriage or relationship, I don't know if it's financially, but I believe some good is going to come out of it. If you wait just long enough, you're going to see God has a purpose behind the pain. This is the God that we serve. He doesn't waste pain. God uses pain. It's the God that we serve. Jonah. Jonah's a prophet, a man of God. Now, it, it, Jonah is, is widely known. A lot of people just say, well, he only has four chapters. He's called what is called the minor prophet, not minor because he's little, not minor because he didn't do much, minor because this is a small book in the Bible. There's small books in the Bible. They're called 12 minor prophets. Jonah is one of them, but he was mighty. God had used them in an incredible way. In fact, in the book of 2 Kings, it says that Jonah had actually prophesied to a king and told him what God was going to do. So he was widely known. But now in the book of Jonah, God God comes to tell him about an assignment. This isn't necessarily about prophecy with Jonah. This is an account of Jonah's life, a season in Jonah's life. God comes and tells Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to go talk to the Ninevites, and I want you to go tell them to repent or the wrath of God is going to come. Jonah's like, are you serious? Are you serious? You want me to go talk to the Ninevites? I'm here watching ESPN Sports Center. I'm here chilling, and you want me to go talk? Now, you have to understand, the Ninevites were wicked people. The Ninevites, were, they're not your regular neighbors. Like these people were about 500 miles away, but, but they weren't calm, nice people that you can go tell them, hey, Jesus loves you, have a good day. These people were wicked. They were murderers. They were evil, so much so that we read it, it says that their sin and their evil ways had risen up before God, and it was staring him in the face. This is how wicked these people were. Historians say that they used to skin people alive and hang their skin on the walls of their palaces. They used to cut off people's eyelids, take them out into the sun and make them stare into the sun so their, eye, so their eyes can dry up. Evil, evil people. They used to hold people in dungeons, lock them up and make them starve for days. They did not care, make them watch like hockey and stuff. Like who does that? Like this is horrible. Surround them with cats and <laughs> evil people. 
So when God comes and said, hey, I want you to go talk to the Ninevites. He's like, no way. These people are crazy. This is this is a death sentence. What you want me to do is a death sentence. I am not going to do it. And instead of taking what could have been about a week's journey and walking to Nineveh, he decides to get on a boat. Nineveh was about 500 miles away. Listen to what Jonah does. He gets on a boat and he decides to go to Tarsus, which is 2,500 miles away. Talk about going the opposite way of what God wants to do in your life. He says, God, I hear you out, but um, the way my life is set up right now, I'm living pretty good. I'm going to buy this passport. I'm going to buy this ticket, and I'll see you on the other side, God. Peace. And God says, wait a minute, because when I have a plan and an assignment for your life, you can run, but you can't hide. I got a calling. I got my hand upon you. I want to use you. Oh, come on. You can run from God as much as you want, but you cannot hide from God. God sees you. God knows you. He knows exactly where you're at. I believe there's some people this morning that you've been running from God for a long time, but God has a target on your back, and he says you cannot hide. Because before Jonah could ever get to the other side, God was already there. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You you can't hide from God. Some people this morning, you're trying to hide from God. Right now, we're talking and you're trying to hide under the chair. <laughs> you can't hide. God has seen you. He loves you. He's a good God. You heard that new song by Chris Tomlin. He's a good, good father. It's a good father. He has good plans for Jonah. Jonah says, no. I'm going to jump on this sailboat. I'm cruising. I'm out. God says, no, you're not. A storm rises up. And all these people are going crazy and they say, wait a minute, what's going on? Something's wrong here. This storm wasn't supposed to happen. All of a sudden they cast lots. They see it's Jonah's fault. Jonah says, listen, throw me overboard. I'm running away from God. They throw him overboard. A big fish comes, swallows him and takes him down to the depths of the ocean. There's a problem going on. Jonah decided to follow his plan, not God's plans. Sometimes I think that we are in a storm, not because they just come to test our faith, not because they come to perfect our walk, because we called them upon ourselves. We made some bad choices in our life, and now we are in the middle of a storm. And we decide to blame God, and the truth is, it's not God's fault, it's our fault. Point number one, write this down. Never choose personal comfort over godly instruction. Never choose personal comfort over godly instructions. So many times it's like, God, I, I'm not going to do what you want. That, that's uncomfortable. That is not good for me. That actually messes up my plans. I'm not going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Tarshish. Uh, Tarshish has some nice uh, shores, some nice beaches. I'm going to chill there. The Ninevites, uh, well, they can burn. And God is like, listen, I don't care about your personal comfort. I'm telling you, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Sometimes we got to get a little bit uncomfortable for God to use us. Sometimes all we want is, no, I want my own personal comfort. Isn't it crazy that every time there's a chance to obey God, there's always going to be a chance to disobey God? Every time you have a chance to obey God, there's always going to be a chance for you to disobey God. Every time God has a path for you, there's always going to be a boat going in the opposite direction. Every single time. Are you going to jump in the boat that goes to the other side? Two things that please God the most. It is faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Are we going to have faith to trust his plans and are we going to obey what he tells us? How many times do we jump on the boat and go to the other side? There's some people in here that God has called you to open up a ministry and you've been running for a long time. There's some people in here that God has told you to join a team for a long time and you've been running from God for a long time. There's some people in here that God has been telling you, I want you to speak to a coworker and you just said, no, that coworker's crazy. He can burn. I'm going to the other side. 
There's so many people that God has been calling you and your whole life you think I'm not good enough. I can't. This is crazy. No, I'm comfortable. I don't want to get inconvenienced. But the truth is that when God has a plan for your life, it is not about your comfortable options. It is about godly instructions. Can you run to what God has for you? The fastest way to delay your destiny is disobedience. The fastest way to delay your destiny is disobedience. God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in this place, every single person listening, every single person that's back there in the overflow. I believe God has his hand upon you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. But are you going to disobey and delay the destiny that God has for you? You never know what God has for you. But if you keep getting, if you keep getting on the boat and going to the other side, you are never going to see the hand of God. You are never going to see the miracles of God. You're never going to see the grace of God. You're never going to see the, the God come behind you and show you that he can use you because all you keep doing is going to Tarshish. Can you trust God? How many people in here are we running from what God has for us? Running. Some of us, this is our first time in church in a long time. And you're like, I knew I should have not came this morning. But let me tell you, when God has his hand on you, you can run, but you can't hide. You are in here at the right time, at the right place, for a right season. Come on, does anybody thank God that he always has his eye on us, that he's always got us, that his hand is always upon us. He'll never lose us. He's always watching. This is the God that we serve. He is always watching us. But when God's instructions come, will they be instructions or will they be interruptions to your schedule? God, I'm too busy right now, God. God, I already told all the kings about the prophecies. I'm retired, God. I just want to catch a sailboat, go to the other side of the world. I'm chilling. Are they an interruption to our own schedule? Are they instructions from God to lead us to a purpose and to a destiny? How many of us in here can say, I've been like Jonah, and now I'm in a storm, and the truth is I'm in a storm because I, I made some bad decisions. The truth is some of us are in some storms in our life because we made some bad choices and we made some bad decisions. And the reason that there's chaos around in our life is because some of the people, you know, you know, it's crazy. The guys on the boat, it wasn't even their fault that they were in a storm. Like they, they, they just got caught up in a storm because of Jonah's fault. Who do you have on your boat that may be causing a storm in your life? Are there some people you got to kick them overboard? I mean, are there some numbers you got to delete? Are there some people on Instagram you got to unfollow? Are there some people that you say, I got to get away from because they're just causing a storm in my life? <laughs> Parents used to tell me, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you what your future is going to look like. Who's in your boat that's causing a storm or are you making some choices on your own that's leading you into a storm? Point number two, the bottom of a, of a God storm is better than the top of personal agendas. Jonah gets swallowed up by this large fish. We don't know if it was a whale. We don't know if it was a dolphin. We don't know if it was a We don't know what it was. The Bible says it was a large. People want to debate this. People actually debate this. What well, was it, a whale or a fish? I don't know. It says a large fish. A large fish swallows up Jonah and takes him to the bottom of the ocean. The Bible says in chapter 2 that he was at the roots of the mountains, meaning he went to the very death. Isn't it crazy that when we make our own decisions, it always leads us to the bottom? If you run away from God, the only direction you're going to go is always down. The Bible says that Jonah decided to run away from God. He went down to Joppa, got on a boat, went down to the bottom of the boat, got thrown overboard, and went down to the bottom of the ocean. Every single time we run away from God, you're always going to end up going down. And he comes all the way to the bottom. 
But little did he know that God always had a plan and God was always watching him. It's always better to be at the bottom of a God storm than to be at the top of your own personal agenda. Because your own personal agenda might lead you somewhere, but God's not going to be in it. You may be following your own will, but that's not where God's peace is. Every time you follow your own personal agenda, it's going to cost you something. The Bible says that Jonah had to pay the fare to get on the boat to go to Tarshish. Where God goes, he provides, but where you go, you pay the bill. It will cost you time when you follow your own plans. It will cost you money. It will cost you relationships. It will cost you peace. Every time you follow your own plan, it will end up costing you something. How much time have we wasted because we followed our own personal agendas? How much people have we messed up their lives and some things have gotten interrupted because we decided to do our will, not God's will? How many times has money come out of our pocket because we just made some wrong choices? Every time we don't listen to the voice of God and we don't wait on the voice of God, it's going to end up costing us something. God says, if you just trust me, I got the bill covered. Just stay in the middle of my will. Jonah's at the bottom of the ocean now. And Jonah, if you read chapter 2, he actually is broken now. He actually begins to pray to God. and He actually now realizes his mistakes. Sometimes God has to break us in the storm. Nobody wants to say amen to that. <laughs> because brokenness hurts. Brokenness is going to bring some pain into our life. You ever break a bone? You ever break or fracture something in you? It hurts. It may take a couple weeks or a couple months to get healed. I don't know what I did to my leg, but I fell down my stairs on Tuesday at home. I have a townhouse. <laughs> Pray for my wife. She's laughing still. <laughs> I was running down the stairs to get something going back up. And I fell so hard down the stairs, like, I'm not going to lie, I, I would have laughed at somebody that did the same thing. And I went down a lot of flights. <laughs> My leg right now, no lie, it is purple and black. It hurts, it's painful. Tuesday night, I couldn't move. And sometimes when God wants to mold us and shape us and build our character, it's going to hurt. And we usually don't like broken things. Humanity doesn't like broken things. We grab broken things and throw them away. But the beautiful thing about God is he usually breaks things before he uses them. And God is probably taking you through a breaking moment in your life because he's getting ready to use you. And he says, I can't use you until you're broken. Can't use you until you're at the bottom and all you can do is do nothing but look up. And that's when you finally see the hand of God. Only when we're broken can the light of God shine through us. Maybe God is trying to break you. Maybe you're in a season of your life where God is trying to show you something this morning. What is God trying to do? The beautiful thing about brokenness is it's only for a season. It's not forever. Your brokenness is only going to be for a season, but it's necessary. And here Jonah, he's at the bottom of the bottom. He's hit rock bottom and he has nowhere to look but up. And he says, God, I've ran from you. I did what I wanted to do. I followed my own will. I followed my own plans. I'm sorry, God. And it's led me into this storm that I know I needed. I'm broken. It says that after three days and three nights, the whale, the fish, the octopus, whatever it was, <laughs> it says it vomits him out. And he ends up exactly where he started. 
Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. It's one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we serve a God that even when we don't listen to him the first time, even when we turn our backs on him the first time, even when we disobey him, even when we run from him, even when we are far and gone, he's a God that always comes a second time and a third time and a fourth time. Oh, come on. Is anybody thankful for the grace of God that always comes? He's a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances. It don't matter how far you are this morning. God is coming a second time. And he always comes with grace. And this time Jonah went he finally did what God had called him to do. He was fed up and he actually went in a bad attitude. And you got to read the rest of the book. I'm like, what, what is wrong with Jonah? He doesn't understand. Chapter 4, he says, God, I knew who you were. I knew you were going to show grace on these people. I can't even believe it. That's why he ran from God. Isn't it crazy? A lot of times we want to be recipients of grace, but not dispensers of grace. We want God to be good to us, but we don't want God to be good to the person that we dislike. The same grace that God shows to us, we got to show to other people. Is there somebody in your life maybe that God is telling you, you need to go forgive that person? Maybe they hurt you. Maybe they backstabbed you. Maybe it's a relationship that you got into and things got ugly and things went down south. And you say, I can never forgive this person. Maybe a mother or a father, maybe a brother or a sister, maybe a ex-husband or maybe I don't know who it was. And God is saying, go get that thing right. And instead of obeying it we say God no and what God is doing in us we hold it and we don't let it become a flow of God's grace Jonah finally I think learns the lesson at the end point number three and with this the band can come up even when failures set us back it's never too late for God to set us up a failure in your life a mistake in your life can set you back Maybe you're in here saying, Alex, I, I've messed up. I, I've followed my own path and I've, I've done my own choices and it's left me messed up. This is the grace of God that he always comes and sets you up again to win. You know, I believe that the story of Jonah is more really than a guy who ran away from the call of God. The story of Jonah is really more than just a fish who swallowed up a man and took him to the bottom. All those things we can learn from Jonah. The story of Jonah is not only about obedience and faith. The story of Jonah is not only about trusting God. It's about all those things. But I think, honestly, the story of Jonah is really about grace. As we read the story of Jonah, it's really about the awesome grace of God. Because here is a man that completely ignored God and ran away from God. And here comes God with his grace, giving him a second chance. Here we have a people who were so evil, who used to kill and torture people. And yet we see God be so compassionate. It says that the whole nation repented and they all got saved. God, but they shouldn't get saved. Are we God to say who shouldn't and who should? It says the whole nation got saved. In fact, they repented so much. It says the king, after hearing Jonah's message, I was about to bring Noah. Noah's nowhere in this story. After hearing Jonah, it says that the king gathered the whole nation. And it says we are all going on a fast to repent from our sins. In fact, the animals are going to be fast too. The animals are like, what? We didn't sin. It was you. It don't matter. We all are going to repent. This is the grace of God that it don't matter how far, it don't matter how bad, it don't matter how nasty, it don't matter how disgusting, the grace of God always comes to bring us back. 
Jonah. Jonah at the end of the book. The Bible says that Jonah's upset at God because he forgave these people. And he's sitting there like, God, I can't believe you forgave these people. And it says that he's sitting off to the city and the sun is scorching down on him. And it says that God grew a plant to cover him. And it says, if I love you this much, how much more do you think I love these people? The grace of God is all over the book of Jonah. At the end of the day, this is just a picture of Jesus. Well, what do you mean, Alex? Well, when Jesus, thousands of years later, Jesus comes to the earth. This is beautiful, the way God just does all of this. Thousands of years later, Jesus is now walking the earth. He's God in the human flesh. He's walking with his disciples. And one day, he's surrounded by Pharisees. And they say, hey, are you really the Messiah? Are you really the Son of God? Hey, can you, can you do another sign for us? Can you make another trick for us? Like, the walking on water thing was cool. Can you do that again? Can you do a lot more bread and fish? We're hungry. They want signs for him to make sure that he's the Son of God. And look what he says in the book of Matthew, chapter 12. Some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered, a wicked, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Wait a minute. Thousands of years later, here we have Jesus on the scene, and he's talking about Jonah. And it says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh, what he's saying is all those men that repented, they're going to stand up with judgment at this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something that greater than Jonah is here. This is, this is crazy. What Jesus is saying is this. Jonah was awesome. Jonah was great. Jonah went and preached about the grace of God. A lot of people repented, but what you have to realize who's in front of you now is greater than Jonah. Jonah got instructions from God and ran away to the opposite side. Jesus got instructions from God and ran down to meet us down here and gave his life for us. Jonah went into the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. Jesus went into the grave for three nights as well. Jonah got spit out by a whale, but how many know that Jesus got spit out of the grave? He is alive today. Death could not hold him down. He is the greater Jonah. Jonah went and preached to the Ninevites and said, repent for the kingdom of God is coming. And they all repented. When Jesus comes on the scene, it does not matter how bad you are. It does not matter how far gone you are. He is grace. He is the one the Old Testament points to. He is the greater Jonah. And he comes to say, I can turn around any storm. I can turn around your life. I can turn around your circumstance. I am the greater Jonah. I am more than a prophet. I am more than a teacher. I am more than a king. I am the king of kings the lord of lords i am the one in the storm and i've got you come on church let's lift up our hands let's sing it out with all we've got it's never too late
every eye closed, every head bowed. I think there's some people in here that you've been running from God a long time. You, you've been saved. You know Jesus. You've been in church for a while. Some of you have been in here for a year, two years, five years, six years, ten years. Some of you walking with God for 20, 30 years. And you know God has a call and a purpose for your life. And God has called you for a while to open up your mouth and lift up your voice. And God has called you to lead some classes at church. God has called you to lead a team. God has called you to join and serve. God has called you to open up a ministry. God has called you to go and help out the homeless. God has called you maybe to open up an orphanage. There's so many people here that we've been running from the voice of God. God is calling you to go and ask for forgiveness. God is calling you to go and forgive somebody. God is calling you to go fix a relationship. I believe there's some people here this morning. God has his hand on you and he's been calling you. But we've been running to the opposite side. This morning you're saying, God, I want to get it right. I'm in the middle of a storm and the only way to rise above it is faith and obedience. Got to obey the voice of God. I'm not going to get on the boat, go to the other side, but I'm going to trust God. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you're in here and that's you, you say, Alex, I, this is me. I've been running. I know God has been calling me. Some of you are preachers and teachers and some of you, God wants to use you in a ministry setting and you've been running. Some of you, you need to go fix some things in your family and you've been running. You know Jesus. You know God. You're saved, but you've been running a long time. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, if that's you, the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Father, right now, all these hands that are lifted, I pray that you help them this morning, God. God, we pray that we will find the right direction in you, God. God, we pray that we will obey your word. We pray that every word that comes from you, we will obey it, God. God, that we won't jump on a boat and head to the opposite direction. But God, to this morning, we pray for total obedience in our life. To obey your word in every season, God. To trust your word. God, we want to obey you. We want to please you, God. We know that you have a plan and a purpose for our life. We know that your hand is upon us. We know you're never going to let us go, God. Some of us are in a storm because of choices we've made. Because of mistakes and failures. And this morning, we're saying, God, we want to obey your voice. God, I pray you will give us strength and faith to trust and obey you. Thank you, God. With every eye closed, every head bowed. All over this auditorium, there's some people in here, you're saying, Alex, I don't know God. In fact, I'm far away from God. It may, it may be your first or second time in here. Whether you're in the auditorium or the overflow or listening on the radio, and you're saying, Alex, I don't know God. In fact, I've made some choices. I've made some decisions in my life that I know God is not proud of and I don't even know how a God so good can love somebody like me I mean I've done some things in my life that if people knew I'd be so embarrassed and ashamed this is the gospel that God knows all about you and he still loves you while every eye is closed every head is bowed and while the church is praying I believe there's some people in here that God has been calling you and you know you got to get your life right but you've been following your own path you've been getting on your own boats you've been making your own decisions and God is saying, today's a day that I want to get things right with you. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, he will save us. I believe that this morning, God wants to give a lot of people brand new beginnings. Today is the day of salvation is what the Bible says. Tomorrow's promise for nobody. This is the day where you can start a brand new relationship with God. I'm going to count to three. And if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I need to get right with God. I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. I believe hands are going to be raised up in the auditorium, the overflow. If you're listening on the radio, watching online. The Bible says that we're all sinners and sin separates us from God. But God loves us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus. Jesus came. He grabbed your sin, my sin. 
put it on his shoulders and he died on a cross, went into the grave for three days. But after three days, he resurrected. He is grace. He is love. He is mercy. And today he wants to give you a brand new beginning. You don't have to continue living the life that you think you're living. He's offering you a brand new start. While the church is praying at the count of three, if that's you, you raise your hand. One, two, three. All over this place. Raise your hand as high as you can. Amazing. Amazing. As high as you can. God bless you. 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 In the overflow as well, you raise your hand as high as you can. Anybody else, you just raise your hand if you're listening on the radio or watching online. Come on, the church praying. Anybody else, you raise your hand as high as you can. All of you who raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. All we're going to do right now is talk to God and ask him to come into our life. And I believe there's nothing special about the prayer. It's really all about putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. Say this with me out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven. I am saved. I am healed. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together all over this place? Thank you so much.